What is up, guys? My name is Jordan. I'm with my old man, Howie, and welcome to episode three of the Jacobs Dynasty Sports Podcast. I don't know if I should find old man offensive or not. You know, I mean, I'm only 30 years older than Jordan. Hey, guys, welcome to episode three, as Jordan said in the podcast. We're really excited tonight because we have the first guest on our show. He's somebody that we've talked about before because we watch football with him and his father every Sunday at the place locally. He is the originator of the Disco Fries. Everybody, welcome my nephew and Jordan's cousin, Jesse Fallick, to the show. Hey guys, what's up? Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. So I want to give Jesse a little bit of an introduction just so everybody knows what he's about. Jesse's actually in high school. He's 15 years old. And Jesse, when it comes to fantasy football, is years ahead of most people his age. He's been competing for several years in leagues that are mostly made up of adults. And he's usually very successful. So during the course of the show today, when we talk about some of the games coming up this weekend, you know, Jesse's going to chime in with some of his analysis, some of his plays. But before we start off with that, Jesse, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into fantasy, how many leagues you play in, how you approach drafting, how you approach you know, picking players up um, during the course of the season? Yeah, uh, thank you for the introduction. Uh, I started playing fantasy when I was about eight or nine years old. I started liking football from a young age. I was a huge Calvin Johnson fan, and I rocked number 81 in peewee football for him. I am in, I think, nine fantasy leagues, multiple of them, and with you and Jordan. And over the course of the season, I like to look at utilization and just overall skill level to see who I'm interested in on the waiver wire and via trade. No, that's great, Jess. And I think one of the things that Jordan and I always talk about when we're talking about fantasy, not only with you, but other people that we talk to about, um, is the ability in season to spot guys who are going to take off before other people spot them. Because that makes the difference between winning and losing, especially when injuries occur, especially during what we're experiencing, like with COVID this year. Um, Jesse, for example, picked up T. Higgins in the league that we compete against. I'm not talking like the second or third week after T. Higgins you know, started getting attention and the fantasy experts out there were recommending him in their waiver wire columns. Jesse had him the first week when he took off. Um, those are the guys that make a difference. Another guy that you picked up this year, you know, right when he was starting to get playing time and make an impact was Miles Gaskin. He was still splitting time at that point uh, with Breda getting some carries and, and Jordan Howard vulturing touchdowns. And I think in more recent weeks, one of the things that Jesse's been playing on. Yeah, um, Jesse has a gift for picking the number one kicker each week. For example, last week, picks up Ty Bass. Eight field goal attempts, only made six of them, but that's maybe 22, 23 points in most fantasy leagues, which is very impressive. He has Steven Goskowski. He stuck with him after week one after his 
three extra point misses. And the following week, he I think he got like 25 points, which was crazy. Yes, I think for the listeners out there, sometimes kickers are one of those positions that's overlooked. However, if you study the matchups, um, you know, kicker be, could be one of those positions where one week a guy has like three or four points. But if you know he's in the right matchup against a team that yields a lot of points to field goal kickers, he can make a difference. And Jesse has really honed in on that skill of finding kickers that can make a difference on your team. Um, I think we're going to start our first, Jesse, um, by talking about the Monday night game, just because when we did our last show, it was prior to the Monday night game, which was the Rams against the Bears. The result of that game was actually much different than I thought because, I don't know, Jordan, what did I predict? Was yeah, I think we expected it to be a very low-scoring game with the Bears maybe winning by a field goal. Clearly, that wasn't the case. Jared Koff started off a little slow but picked it up as the game went on. The running backs, maybe not so much Cam Akers, but Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown seem to get it done each week. Um, Jesse, what were your thoughts about the game? Yeah, it was an interesting game for sure in many aspects. You saw this Rams team really try to run the ball and establish that compared to a few years ago where they were very pass-heavy and frequently in three wide receiver sets. Um, Yeah, you haven't seen the utilization you'd like from Cooper Cup or Robert Woods in the recent weeks. Robert Wood had some touchdowns the last couple weeks, but, I mean, when was the last time these guys got over 80 yards? Yeah. So I think you got to look to buy Daryl Henderson and sell these Rams wideouts. <laughs> That's a great observation, Jesse. And it's funny because I think on Sundays from time to time, you and Jordan joke around when Bobby Woods is playing and Bobby Woods is going to get the ball. And unfortunately on Monday, I think he got blown up in the backfield a couple of times. No, he actually fumbled against the Bears and the Bears scooped it up for a touchdown with like not that much time left, but it was still pretty funny to watch considering it was a run and not a pass. And we always joke, but how Robert Woods always seems to get three or four handoffs per game, and he ends up fumbling on one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I got to tell you, I'm, abs- I'm I'm not a fan of wide receivers trying to run the ball, especially when it's a guy who's on one of my teams, because it's one of those things where you know you got a 180, 190 pound wide receiver, and then the 300 pound lineman breaks through, yeah. and, and it's a recipe yeah. for disaster, especially from a fantasy. I standpoint. I can't agree more with you on that one. I hate seeing my fantasy players in unnecessary situations like kick returns and punt offs, like and punt returns and stuff like that. No reason to take extra hits on my team. Yeah, I just want to bring up two injuries. Tyler Higby was out this past Monday night. I dropped him in two leagues, picked up Gerald Everett. He scored a touchdown, but that was pretty much his only point of the night. But I recommend dropping Higby in most leagues. I don't see him as help, any help in any fantasy league, especially not PPR. And Allen Robinson announced today that he's in concussion protocol. Adam Schefter announced it today. So be careful looking out for that in this upcoming week. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point, Jordan. I, I Honestly, it's tough to imagine the Bears offense without Allen Robinson because they just don't have a lot of skill on that team um, at, the, at the offensive positions. Um, you know, you made the point about Tyler Higby. I just think with tight end this year, it's one of those things, as we talk about, other than the top couple of guys, it's really around Robin. you got to just pick somebody who might have a good matchup yeah, you know, and hope he gets some points. By the way, if you're looking for a tight end and there's not many on um, waivers right now or free agents, I recommend a deep sleeper, Cole Komet. Had a solid day the other day. Didn't do that bad considering the Bears offense is a little lackluster. And especially if 
especially if Allen Robinson is out. Cole Komet may be a viable target for Nick Foles in the future. And we also said earlier in the week, I mean, you might remember, Jesse, the name of the guy on, uh, I think the Harrison, Browns tight end actually had Harrison Bryant, right. Jordan actually said on the Browns. Okay, guys, we're going to turn our attention now to the Thursday night game. Um, after last week's, I don't know if I'd call it a barn burner, but it was at least a somewhat competitive close game between the Giants and Danny Trippin' Dimes um, and the Eagles. We've got the Falcons and the Panthers on Thursday yeah. night. I, you know, I think the biggest question out there for fantasy fans is, is Christian McCaffrey going to come back and play? Yeah, I think this is one of the uh, better Thursday night football games when it comes to fantasy. you got, like, Giants versus Eagles. Not that many star players, but when you look at the Falcons-Panthers, you got Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Julio, Gurley, Mike Davis or McCaffrey, depending on McCaffrey's playing time or not, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and even Teddy Bridgewater. And the kickers, Joey Fly and Young Hoku, who have been great this year. <laughs> we love Young Hoku. Jesse, what are you thinking about tomorrow night's game and some of the players who can make an impact? Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see if Christian McCaffrey will play or not. Uh, I know Mike Davis is your boy, Jordan, but in the last couple of weeks, he's been PFF's graded lowest rusher. Yeah. And I think McCaffrey could really help out this team in the red zone who struggled a little bit down there. You look at the Panthers last week. They got some of their points off big plays from DJ Moore and a fluky run by DJ Moore in the red zone. So Christian McCaffrey could really help him down there near the goal line. Yeah, it seems like one of those things with Mike Davis, you know, because he hasn't gotten so much, uh, so many carries and touches the last couple of years. It's like he's running out of gas yeah. a little bit. At I, this point. I definitely yeah. wouldn't drop him just yet, though. To, no, especially, I agree. Yeah, you yeah. got to hold on to him. Even if McCaffrey plays, I still, I still expect Mike Davis to get some. I expect him to be like a Tevin Coleman to Devontae Freeman when they were on the Falcons. More like a passing Listen, guy. I agree. Mike Davis has earned some carries. He, he'll probably even be more effective over the long run just by not having such a heavy workload. And, you know, for Christian McCaffrey, when you look at his season last year and you look at the track record of prior running backs who get 300-plus touches, you know, the follow-up seasons usually are not so good. This rest for Christian McCaffrey is probably going to be pretty good for him down the stretch if he could stay healthy. And surprisingly, the Panthers may be in contention for one of those wild card spots but this year. Definitely don't expect McCaffrey to put up 30 points tomorrow right away. I would agree. In fact, if, if Matt, Rule, Matt puts, Rule puts him in a position where he gets enough touches to score 30 points, unless they're on a couple of long runs, I think he'd be heavily criticized. Yeah, but I expect the game to be pretty competitive, say the least. After another horrible loss by the Falcons due to your boy TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, no, in fact, I I think I'd probably pick the Panthers to eke out that game tomorrow night. I think their defense is a little bit better than the Falcons. Um, But I think we should see some nice offensive stats from some of the key players on each side. Um, As we turn to the Sunday slate, we can only hope that this Sunday is as entertaining as last Sunday. Uh, we talked earlier, and you know, we talked in episode two about how it was one of the most entertaining Sundays in football we can remember right up until the Sunday night game. So as I scroll scroll through the schedule for this Sunday, looking for what will be some of the more attractive games. Chiefs versus Jets. Oh, <laughs> no, that's definitely going to be. We don't even really need to talk about it. Chiefs, I hope win this game because they should win this game. I expect the Chiefs to blow up the Jets completely. Do not start anyone on the Jets. 
start everyone on the Chiefs. <laughs> I agree with you, Jordan. I think the thing that I liked about that actually is you can see as our chemistry is getting better on every episode because you just came right in there with that being the most exciting game. Like, but um, Jesse, any thoughts on that game? I, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is you got to hope if you have Chiefs that they, they don't score so many points yeah. so quickly that they get I, I just, I just want to mention yeah, before Jesse's. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a deep sleeper for any of you out there or possibly playing DraftKings is Denzel Mims. He only had about 40 yards last week, but he did have a 30% plus target share. And like my T. Higgins pickup, you got to find out these things early. So if you have an open bench spot, I would recommend picking up Denzel Mims. Yeah. Ooh, Especially if Crowder's out. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, no, Jesse dropped one of the first nuggets of the day there. That's a guy to keep your eye out on for this Sunday if you're looking for a deep wide receiver shot. I just want to mention real quick, this is a Le'Veon Bell revenge game. I know we love our revenge games, but Le'Veon Bell's going to play the Jets after his release. So The funny thing is, I think you have to say, I would not be surprised if Lev Bell gets every carry within the five-yard line this <laughs> Sunday and... Clyde's like will be more than happy to let him have that. I think let's flipping from that game to probably the most attractive game on the slate this Sunday. Yeah, 100% Steelers Ravens, one of the best rivalries in football. Two teams atop the AFC, and they're both playing for first in their uh, division. Um, Steelers are undefeated, last undefeated team. Their defense, phenomenal. The Ravens also have a phenomenal defense. I think this will be a true test for both teams because. Looking at prior weeks, Baltimore hasn't really had much of a challenging schedule except the Chiefs, and they ended up losing to the Chiefs. And Pittsburgh has steamrolled everyone, including the Titans. So I think this is a big game for both sides. Jesse, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, uh, I think there's many interesting factors in this game, like the Ravens' running back situation. This is a team that relies very heavily on the run, and we're not sure about Mark Ingram's status for Sunday. We could see the rookie running back, J.K. Dobbins, more involved. Coming out of a bye, uh, teams usually tend to get rookies more involved. You look at what happened with the Lions after they came out of the bye, and DeAndre Swift had a very successful week. So J.K. Dobbins is a guy to keep your eye on. Yeah, no, I, I think for this game, what I'm interested to see is the adjustments these coaches make going into this game. I mean, the Ravens are coming out of the bye. Again, you know, you see a little bit with the Ravens how teams are focusing a little bit more on Lamar Jackson, what he did last year. We saw something similar with Michael Vick after big seasons that he had earlier in his career. I'm really curious to see if Jim Harbaugh, it's not Jim, it's John Harbaugh, makes some adjustments you know, that maybe Lamar goes to throwing the ball a little bit more. Yeah. Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, Des Bryant's going to be out there. I really don't expect much from Des at this point, but maybe he'll take some attention. Yeah. I'm just not sure that Lamar running the ball all the time is as effective as it was last year. And just like last week when the Steelers played the Titans, and I thought that the Steelers had a little bit of an edge because of their offensive weapons. I would think that the Steelers would come away with this game. Yeah, I think the biggest difference in this game is going to be the passing game on both teams and the cornerbacks and safeties because you got Deontay Johnson, if he plays Juju, if he plays Claypool on one side going up against a powerhouse against the Ravens. Then you got Marquise Brown, Des Bryant, and Lamar's going to have to throw because the Steelers, I think, are the second best at running, like stopping the run. So... They're not going to be able to rely on um, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram if he's healthy. I think they're going to have to look to 
getting Marquise Brown the ball, Mark Andrews the ball, and maybe even Des Bryant the ball to win the game. But I do have the Steelers too. I just think they're so dominant on both sides of the ball. I don't see many flaws in there. Team. No, I agree with most of those points. And like I said, I think the biggest thing is if Baltimore, if they really want to make a deep run this year, take the next step, they really need to show something from here on in. Especially and I Lamar think, when yeah, it comes to the passing game. I agree. I don't think they've shown it up to this point in the season. So looking through the schedule just to pick, there's no other standout games like that that jump out to me. Um, we could turn to the Titans and Bengals real quick. You know, Titans coming off last week, tough loss to the Steelers. You know, the Bengals made a good showing last weekend against the Browns, but came up a little short. I think Joe Burrow's starting to get a little bit more comfortable. Joe Mixon's status is still up in the air. For those he, he, of you guys. he didn't practice today. No, I saw that. For those of you guys who picked up Gio Bernard, Gio Bernard will probably be a nice play, assuming Mixon doesn't practice tomorrow and Friday. I have to say I, I expect the Titans to get back to what they do best. Um, and win this game probably by a score or two. I mean, they're going to pound it with yeah. Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is pretty much on target when it comes to his guys. You know, A.J. Brown has been a monster. He's been a monster. Yeah, um, I think a guy to sell real quick just because he didn't do good last game, especially with A.J. Brown coming in, is uh, Johnny Smith. I don't expect him to stay at the level he was at the beginning of the season. Jess, what do you think on that? I think John will still get his fair share of the targets as long as he's healthy. I uh, actually have to agree with Jordan on this one with the fact that I expect John's production to decrease. He only ran a route on about 40-something percent of Ryan Tannehill's dropbacks. That could be due to injury, but that is very discouraging. However, I wouldn't recommend selling Johnny Smith considering he's one of the only few reliable tight ends unless you could get a big... Uh, you could get something good for John. I wouldn't recommend. Listen, good good observations by the young guys get ganging up on the old man. I mean, we might have to get Rich on the phone, Jesse's dad, to even up the score here. But listen, as I always say, um, when it comes to fantasy, it doesn't matter what your age is. If you're willing to put in the time, you could be competitive with the best of them out there. And, and both these guys right here know a tremendous amount about football. Uh, next game we're going to focus on. Uh, Packers coming off of a get-straight win against the, the Texans are playing the Vikings, who are coming off of a bye. The Vikings are going to get Dalvin Cook back, which is a huge part of their offense, as we saw. Alexander Matson had a lot of hype in the game before the bye, but he didn't really deliver. Yeah. You know, I would expect this game to be closer than some of the other Vikings games before the bye just because they do have Cook back and it's a rivalry yeah. game for I them. Think, I think the biggest thing to watch this game is Adam Thielen versus Jair Alexander because if I'm not wrong, Jair Alexander has been one of the best defensemen in the league this year. He shut down Fuller. I think he, Fuller had one reception against him. Calvin really had zero. And there was another big guy that just couldn't get it going against Jair Alexander. So that's going to be a matchup to watch out for. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Jordan. I was actually reading an article about him being a lockdown cover guy earlier today. And what I did was I actually went to Adam Thielen's schedule because I have him on one of my fantasy teams. It ends up that he did have two touchdowns against the Packers in the first game of the season. But I, I don't know if, if he was the player on the Packers um, was banged up in that game. Um, also, Minnesota does have that other wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, who's shown a little bit of life. Um, so I don't know if Jalen, is it Jalen? 
what's the guy's name? I don't mean to disrespect the guy on the Packers. Oh, Jair Alexander. I don't know if Jair Alexander is going to cover one guy the whole game. I certainly hope he isn't because I need some points out of Adam Thielen. But, I mean, short of that, in terms of the Vikings, I mean, it's the Cook Thielen and uh, Jefferson show pretty much on offense. We'll see if uh, Kirk Cousins can get himself going again. You know, when you, when you look at the Packers, I mean, it's really a two-man show. It's, well, it's Aaron Rodgers and... Uh, but um, Aaron Jones, I think, is 50-50 right yeah. now. He was supposedly a game-time decision last week, but if he's a no-go this week, you're plugging Jamal Williams in your lineup 100%. Don't question it. And hope that you're playing the guy that has Aaron Jones on his bench and doesn't have Jamal Williams. Jess, any thoughts on that game? Uh, you guys pretty much hit everything. Uh, Adam Thielen has been very productive in his career versus Jair Alexander. So I, in fantasy football in general, I would never sit your, your studs. So I would play Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook. Okay. There you go, guys. And Dalvin Cook is officially playing, by the way. They announced it like an hour or two ago. Yeah. Dude, let's jump to the 49ers Seahawks game. Jesse, we'll let you take this one away and give us your thoughts right off the bat. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the 49ers do with their running back situation. They rely heavily on the running backs. Uh, I do not think Jared McKinnon will be heavily involved again. Since that game on primetime versus the Eagles, I don't think they like what they saw with him. So I would look for Jermichael Hasty to get pretty involved. And it would be interesting to see if Tevin Coleman's activated off IR. I picked him up in one league today. Uh, last year, he wasn't very good and got hurt, and he came back and he was productive for a few weeks. So that could be a guy that you could look at picking up. Yeah, yeah I think we were talking about during our episode earlier this week about it. It seems to be plug-and-play with the 49ers' backfield. I think that has a lot to do with their offensive line. It's crazy when you look at their backfield. They have five guys that they have uh, Moser, Coleman, McKinnon, Wilson, and now they're under their fifth running back, Michael Hasey, and they still... It doesn't matter who's in the backfield. It just seems to work for them. Yeah, I never heard of Hasty before last week. Um, you know, again, on San Francisco, besides that, I mean, I think Jimmy G's a decent start if you need to pick up a quarterback just because Seattle's defense hasn't been that great. He only, Obviously, George Kittle yeah. is a guy you want to own on, on 49ers. If Ayuk's available, I recommend picking him up and maybe even in a deeper league, Kendrick Bourne. No, I would agree with you on that. I mean, if you look at what Arizona did against the Seahawks, even Christian Kirk. Had a couple of touchdowns. Actually, Jesse and I uh, traded. He mentioned Daryl Henderson. We had a trade this past weekend with Daryl Henderson and Christian Kirk involved, and I think it paid off for both of us. Um, on the flip side with the Seahawks, you go right back to what they have every week. Um, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, man, the, the athlete extraordinaire. And interesting with the Seahawks back. Yeah, Chris Carson supposedly was going to be out two to three. No, I, I apparently read it. He's going to be a game-time decision. Pete well, Carroll said he's not practicing at all this week, but has the potential to suit up this Sunday against the 49ers. But if he is out, Carlos Hyde, I think he's flex value maybe. But there's another guy, um, DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas. Dallas, yeah, who may get some playing time, but... I don't really see anyone in the backfield doing much. I just see Tyler Lockett and DK getting the majority of the catches and offense. Yeah, I think that's a tough situation, folks. You got too many guys in the mix there. I mean, if you're desperate and you need to pick a guy up, maybe you grab either Hyde or, or Dallas and, and hope that they give it a go. But it might be a stay-away situation that Seahawks backfield this weekend unless Chris Carson plays. 
I do um, expect the Seahawks to win that game, though, despite the 49ers coming out strong the last two weeks. I would agree. The rebound from that loss Sunday night. Chargers and Broncos, another late afternoon game. And we're just mixing it up, folks. We don't go 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Another late afternoon game with the Chargers and Broncos. Chargers coming off of a win. Against the Jaguars. Against the Jaguars with Justin Herbert. Jess, your thoughts on that game with Chargers and Broncos? Yeah, uh, revenge game for Melvin Gordon in this one. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I don't expect Philip Lindsay to play, and that could be good for Melvin Gordon. He should see a three-down workload. So the efficiency might not be there this year, but the opportunity is. So Melvin Gordon has good RB2 value this week. Yeah, um, fan, no offense, finally going to be health, like fully healthy or mostly healthy. I think he had not that good of a day last week. I expect him to be better. If you have him, I think he's one of the better tight ends. Not obviously a top five Kelsey Kittle guy, but I think he's definitely startable. And when you look at the Charger side, I think in, you have to start Herbert, Keenan Allen, and no matter what running backs in the backfield for PPR because – it just seems that their game plan revolves around either giving the ball to Keenan Allen or doing dump-offs to either Joshua Kelly, Justin Jackson, or Eckler whenever they're healthy in the game. You know, I think, I think in this game, again, Justin Herbert, he's been a favorite of ours. And again, looking ahead for you guys who play fantasy, and I think we mentioned it earlier this week, Herbert's got a, a very good schedule the rest of the way. If you either have him, can pick him up, or can trade for him. You know, Keenan Allen, obviously, is the wide receiver you want to own on the Chargers. Hunter Henry. Flip side with the Broncos, to me, you know, Drew Locke getting injured earlier in the season. I think they squeaked out a field goal fest against the Patriots a couple weeks ago. I just don't see that the, the Broncos really have it going together right now. I think their defense is still looking for an identity. and on Especially offense, Von Miller got injured in the beginning of the season, so not that much. On yeah, Tim Patrick has been banged up. He was functioning as their quasi-number one receiver. Something. And Jerry Judy really hasn't gotten comfortable in that offense just yet. So I would expect the Chargers to win that game there. Um, next game, focusing on... Oh, that's right. Rams and the Dolphins. Yeah. You know, one, one of the much heralded rookie quarterbacks making his debut. Yeah, two is finally making his debut after... We've seen what Burrow and Herbert have done this year. Hopefully, two can follow in their footsteps and put up big numbers against a very solid Rams team. On both sides of the ball. Yeah, funny enough, I saw a quote today in some interview from C.C. Sabathia, of all people. Why people are consulting him for football, I'll never know. I don't want to be disrespectful. Maybe he knows a lot about football. But he actually said he thinks that Tua is going to be the Philip Rivers and to Eli Manning and Big Ben, Tua is going to be like the Philip Rivers in that equation to Herbert and Burrow. Interesting observation, very early in these guys' careers. I mean, Tua has not played other than a little bit of garbage time snaps in a while. He was injured in his senior year at college. Um, other than Miles Gaskins on that Dolphins offense, I think it's probably a stay away yeah. to try to figure out who he's going to have a little bit of synergy with. I mean, sometimes you often see when you get these quarterbacks coming in, these backups, there could be a wide receiver that's not as well known. To people, I, I don't know that he would have worked that much yeah. with Preston Williams because you got Williams and Parker. Yeah, I'm not really sure I, I don't, on Miami. Parker's a little banged up right now. He's going to be matched up against Jalen Ramsey, I'm pretty sure. So, Devontae Parker's an iffy start this week, in my opinion. Yeah, on the on the flip side, I would think the Rams are going to build on their victory from Monday night and probably uh, 
it's it's one of those games that if Tua makes a difference and can win, people are going to pay him a lot of attention. His card values are going to go up. But uh, I would expect the Rams to pull out that game. And I do expect uh, Cup and Woods to get more action compared to the last two weeks. Jess, your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I have to disagree with CC Sabathia. I think a bold take is even though Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are playing well, Tua Tagovailoa will be the best quarterback in this class. Wow. I think that this game could be very well upset watch for the Rams. You look at the Rams, they're coming off a short week playing a quarterback that hasn't played a single game in the NFL. It's hard to prepare for that. The Dolphins are coming off a bye. They're fresh. They're at home. The Rams have to crowd, travel across the country. I would take the Dolphins plus three and a half and watch Chua Tungavailoa go to work against this Rams D this yeah. week. I think the Dolphins are hungry. They're motivated. I think they're eyeing the top dog spot in the AFC East. The Bills have lost two games. They won against the Jets, but anyone can win against the Jets. The Patriots aren't showing much, and they're. I think they're, what are they, three and three? The yeah, the no, Dolphins, Dolphins. No, the Dolphins, yeah, the Dolphins are three, and three. three. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think they're eyeing the top dog spot. If they can pull out a win today, I think they're definitely in the wild card running. No, absolutely, guys. Good, good observation, and that's something to keep an eye out, folks, for that game right there. Um, Saints and the Bears. You know, Bears coming off that loss on Monday night, not showing much offense. If if uh, Allen Robinson isn't in that game, I'm not sure the Bears have much hope. We talked about it. Yeah. David Montgomery on one of my teams. I wouldn't even call him a classic a classic plotter. He, you know, he he's not even a workhorse at some level. I mean, I think he averages like barely three yards a carry. I think you could see him used a lot out of the backfield this week with short passes, where he actually seems to be a little bit more effective. Um, I see the Saints coming away with this game. You know. At the end of the day, the Saints, Michael Thomas, it looks like he might miss another game. Yeah, he missed practice saying Sanders has COVID. Yeah, or he's on the COVID IR. Killing fantasy players who took him number one, including myself, in, in more than one league. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you start to write Drew Brees off. You start to talk about whether he's too old. And Drew Brees comes back. He uses Kamara. He uses Jared Cook. Traquan Smith a little bit. I think there was another guy on the Saints who, who had some catches yeah, last week. Callaway. Uh, I, 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 I don't remember, but I, I just don't like this game from a fantasy perspective. I think like the only guy, if Allen Robinson is out, the only guy you can really trust is Kamara. I, the Bears' defense has been pretty solid this year, giving up maybe two touchdowns. One of them being a Mike Evans one-yard touchdown. I don't. If Michael Thomas is out, I don't expect really any of the Saints receivers to get it going. Maybe Traquan Smith will have some catches here and there, but I think Kamara is the only guy you can really trust for the Saints. And looking at the Bears, I think David Montgomery is the only guy you can really trust for the Chicago. Jess, your thoughts on that game there? Yeah, I'd have to agree for the most part. However, in deeper leagues, I definitely look at Darnell Mooney. He was seventh in air yards last week. If you were watching that Bears-Rams game, you definitely saw Nick Foles miss him on a couple shots. Now he takes over the number one slot for the Bears, assuming Allen Robinson's out. The Saints have been very, very bad for supposing catchers, pass catchers. You've seen Marshawn Lattimore give up a near-perfect pass rating, so... Darnell Mooney, man. Last week, I saw him cook Jalen Ramsey on a few routes. That could be a deep play. Okay. Good observations there from Jesse, folks. We're going to move to the Sunday night game now. Ugh. Ugh is right. Cow Cowboys and Eagles. Ben DiNucci, baby. Getting the start for the Cowboys. <laughs> the, the battle for, I don't know, is that the battle for the NFC East? The Redskins have to No, the Reds, I think the Eagles are ahead of the game ahead of the Redskins, but oh my God. not much to say here. I... 
I just think the Eagles are going to win just because the Cowboys suck at every aspect of the game right now. Yeah, I have with, the with, Eagles D in a couple of leagues. It was a nice back-to-backer for them playing the Giants and now playing the Cowboys. I feel like the Cowboys have given up at this point. I think they, they traded a couple of their yeah. defensive players. Or, I think they told two players. I think Don and Terry Poby and one of them, they're either getting traded or released by the end of today. Yeah, and if these guys didn't rally behind Andy Dalton after Dak Prescott got injured, I can't see them rallying around this yeah, guy who I, I've never heard of. I obviously don't think you can bench Amari Cooper and Zeke just because... Uh, I don't know. No, uh, just because you can't bench yourself. And Cooper still had a solid game last week when it, when it came to PPR. Gallup is droppable. I hate him. I drafted him. <laughs> He's droppable. Drop him now if I were you. Knowing me saying that, he'll probably get 30 points this week. Jordan showing a little bit of anger, punching yeah. the pillow on the couch. <laughs> and you know how he feels about Michael Gallup. Yeah, and CeeDee Lamb's in my opinion, he's a boomer bust type of guy. He did trash last week, but maybe he can bounce back with Ben DiNucci. Yeah, I think you have to play Zeke if you drafted him, even though he has been underwhelming. In fact, if you, if you look at the first round RBs that were taken this year, I mean, I think Kamar, Kamar, Henry, from what I've seen, Cook. there's only two guys that have finished as top top ten players in fantasy, and it's Kyler Murray and Alvin Kamara. So, I think Alvin Kamara has played every game compared to every other running back drafted in the first round. So you got Mixon, Sanders, Barkley, McCaffrey. Yep. Yep. Zeke's played every game, but he's not been consistently the best running back we know he is every game. Yeah, Jess, your observation on the Eagles and their skill players, who do we want to keep a lookout for in that game? Uh, yeah, for the Eagles, I think Dallas Goddard has been practicing. If you're weak at tight end, you can definitely fire him up in this one. Uh, as far as the Cowboys side goes, they've been horrible this year. I think they've been 0-7 against the spread. I would take them plus 7.5, only because teams that have started 0-7 versus the spread has finished the season out very, very strong. And I think that the Cowboys could potentially pull this one away. I mean, the Eagles defense has not been strong this year. And Zeke is good versus the Eagles, man. I feel like the last time they played on prime time a year or two ago, I remember I was versing Zeke, and he had a nice hurdle over an Eagles defender and put up 150 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. We could see something surprising out of this game. You never know with these two teams. Speaking of that, I have, like, a vision. I remember, actually, we were in visiting Maryland um, for colleges that weekend, and I have Kidda left and my opponent has Zeke. And and going into sign in, I'm like I'm up by like 25 or 30. I'm like relaxed, and then I'm like, oh god, here we go. Zeke gets like a 50 yard touchdown, then a hurdle, and I'm like, how? But then I I, I just think that the Cowboys are much different right now. Um, I just don't think there's a lot of enthusiasm on that offense. Um, I expect the Eagles to win by a couple touchdowns. Depending on the Eagles' backfield. Whichever, if Miles Sanders is active, I, I'd rev him up. If not, Boston Scott's a play. And then I think Travis Fulgham has been in the top five of wide receivers over the last four weeks. I would fire him up as well. And if Dallas Goddard is indeed out again, I recommend Richard Rodgers. been pretty solid with um, Ertz and Goddard being out. I think plug in any Titans in that system, and they're bound to get some catches and targets. Dude, the last game on the slate for yeah. this week eight in the NFL – the Buccaneers and the Giants. My man crush Tom Brady coming to New York in an empty stadium, unfortunately, to play the Giants. Um, obviously, based on the way these teams played, you got to hope the Giants can keep it competitive. But you know, the Buccaneers have probably one of the been one of the class teams in the NFC. 
as far as I'm concerned, right now they look one, like one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl, which is unbelievable considering it's, there's only been seven games. Brady's bringing these guys together. They've got a tremendous amount of weapons. I know Chris Godwin is going to be yeah, he, He's similar to Michael Thomas, just can't stay healthy at all. Broke his index finger. Um, with yeah, so I, I would expect not to cut you off, Jordan, but, but I would expect Scotty Miller to have a very good game again. It looked like him and Tom Brady yeah. are getting on the same page, and I would expect Mike Evans to rebound. Yeah, very he, I, I've been saying it this season. He's been pretty touchdown dependent. I mean, look at his first five games. I think there was one game. He had two catches, two yards, two touchdowns, which in my opinion just shows how touchdown dependent he really is. I think he's had four one-yard touchdowns this year. And Scotty Miller, I think this is the only week you could really put him in, especially with A.B. coming in next week. Um, Ronald Jones, I think, is a must-start. Even though Leonard Fournette showed some I think yeah, Leonard Fournette's probably they, – they pretty much were an even split in that backfield. Jess, you have any thoughts? You can check any stats on that backfield split for the Bucs? Yeah, for the backfield split. Backfield split on the box. I heard uh, Bruce Aaron say he was going to move towards a two-back committee and Leonard Fournette was going to take um, LaShawn McCoy's role, like a third round, I mean a third down, nickel type back. So look for Leonard Fournette to be in on third downs. And Rob Gronkowski, I expect to be a top three tight end this week. You look at the Giants, no, they're not very good on defense. However, they do have James Bradbury, who has been a top three cornerback this year. If he shuts down Mike Evans... Brady has, doesn't have much other options except Gronk, who he's been playing for for years. Yeah. So well, those guys are starting to show again chemistry. You know, I think Gronk. You know, he's out of football for a year. People see him go out there the first couple of games. He's winded. He's out of shape. You start to think he's done. But at the end of the day, these guys, you know, go right back to doing what they used to do. And, I mean, he, he's a tremendous target downfield, and I think Brady's going to continue to look yeah, for him. I just, the one thing is um, the Giants always seem to play Tom Brady tough, no matter how good or bad their team is each year. I remember, obviously, in the Super Bowl, the Giants have Tom Brady's number. And I think three years ago, Tom Brady came into New York. I think they were undefeated, and the Giants put up a fight. And they almost squeaked one out. I think Stephen Goskowski on the Patriots had a game-winning field goal with like five seconds remaining. But I expect it to be closer than what people may think, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to watch because I think you look at that Giants offense and, you know, Danny Dimes, Sterling Shepard. I think Devontae Freeman may not play this week. He got banged up in the ankle. I think Wayne Gallman might be the guy in the backfield. Don't forget, last year, um, Eli Manning gets pulled. Danny Jones comes in, first win of his career against the Buccaneers. That might have been his first and last win last season. <laughs> for the season. Yeah. But I do remember that he might have had three or four touchdowns. Yeah, I think he had like two rushing touchdowns and sealed it all with the game winner. Even though I think the Buccaneers came down the field and Matt Gay missed a field goal, and that's why Matt Gay was caught. So. <laughs> and here we are a year later, and, and unfortunately Danny Dimes still can't take care of the football. Um, you know, I think that covers pretty much the slate for this upcoming weekend. Um, I don't think we could end the show without talking a little bit about the Dodgers win over Tampa Bay last night. Again, we're not so heavy into baseball this time of year. It is something as the show continues to grow and we get into spring training next year, we'll focus on it a little bit more. You know, Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw. Finally got his first ring. Corey Seager, who was an absolute monster this playoffs, um, won World Series MVP. And I think two, inter- two interesting things to point out was, one, 
the decision to pull Blake Snell from the game. He's, he gave up two hits, nine strikeouts, and they're winning. You pull him, they give up two runs. And then another big storyline, Justin Turner, the third yeah, baseman of the Dodgers. I, I can't even. I, I don't know I, this guy's in, in my opinion, I think it was a false positive just because they've been isolated in the bubble. But gets pulled mid-game because of COVID and comes back on the field for the celebration. How does that even happen mid-game, that you allow that to happen? And then if you're one of his teammates or an official on that team, with all the families that you don't tell it. him, you're crazy at the end of the day. Again, like I said, to me, I fought Major League Baseball at some level. You let a guy know during the game. You have to get those tests done. You know there's going to be a game that day, and you need to get those results back before the game. But again, two wrongs don't make a right. And that guy going down on the field, taking off his mask, looking at it like this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance. You know, opinions differ. You can't put people at risk. You're setting a poor example for other people out there. And I will tell you this, if it's not a false positive, you know, Major League Baseball is going to rain on that parade a little it bit. It may take away some draft picks. Yeah, I don't think it'll be suspended, but I think definitely draft picks and uh, some fines. Oh, Jess, did you watch any of the baseball games at all? I mean, I, again, I turned it on for one inning. I think Tampa put up a good fight. Kershaw, I felt good for. Beyond that, I'm just not that big of a baseball fan if the Yankees aren't playing. Yeah, uh, I did watch the game. It was a good game. Like uh, like Jordan said, it was puzzling to see Blake Snell pulled. I'm happy that Kershaw got his ring. That's pretty much the observation. Yeah. Just want to say congratulations to all the LA fans. Two championships yeah. in two months. That's or one month. One month. That's very impressive for any town. And listen, it gives that that town something nice to focus on. And what's been an absolute crazy year, you know, folks. Before we wrap it up, you know, we got the election coming up next week. I mean, what can you say? Twenty twenty starts off with Kobe, COVID, so many wacky things going on. The bottom line is we just want everybody to be safe. If you can vote before Election Day, get out there and do it. You know, we're going to wrap it up now. Again, we appreciate everybody joining us. Please do us a favor. Tell your friends about us. Follow us on any of the different podcast platforms. I think we're still waiting for approval on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, but that's it. We're on everything else. Spotify, Anchor, everything. Just want to say um, good luck to anyone who has either Carolina Panthers player or Atlanta Falcons player. Be sure to watch Christian McCaffrey's updates as the game gets closer. And I guess we'll see you next time. Yeah. So forth. A big shout out to Jesse Fallick for joining us and sharing his insights with us. Um, Jess, I, I don't even know if you have an Instagram handle you want to share at this point or anything else. Um, again, uh, yeah. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, it's Jesse Fallick 41 J-E-S-S-E-F-A-L-E-K-4-1. You guys could DM me for uh, fantasy football picks. And then my Snapchat's Jesse Fallick 7 and you could hit me up on Snapchat for some six-pack picks. Awesome stuff there, folks. We really yeah. appreciate Jesse joining He'll us. He'll definitely be back, for sure. He'll definitely be back, for sure. And we look forward <laughs> to watching games with him and his dad, Rich on Sundays at the place. Getting disco fries. And getting disco fries. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks, right. everybody. Thanks, appreciate everybody. it.